There's no time to wait. It's time to be great. Welcome back to TNT episode 48. Now, in this episode, we are going to be talking about being aware of our conduct. And there's a couple different ways that can come forth and present itself in our lives, our conduct. But some of the things that we're going to go into is how we act around others, what we may do around others that may not be sinful necessarily, but also may not be helpful and how even if it's not sinful, we might want to pay attention to some of our actions that might cause another to stumble. And also how, and this, we could talk about this all day long, honestly, several episodes, but just the power of our speech and how important it is to watch what we say and to make sure our hearts are in the right place daily. So before we go into those things, we're going to be reading out of just a heads up first Corinthians eight and then Matthew 15. Um, but before we go into that, Peter, if you just want to give an overall briefing of some of the thoughts we were sharing earlier on this topic for today. Yeah. I think first of all, you summarized it like perfectly in, in what you said there at the beginning, just about how the, just being aware of the conduct and that applies to the way that we use, that we use our speech um, but it also it also applies just like you said to the way that we conduct ourselves and how maybe like again like you said something that may seem like innocent to us like like the, the what we'll read here the example of is concerning food sacrifice to idols or um, just food that maybe is is not okay for for others is an example of I guess conduct that we need to be aware of and how it can impact others. I feel like another way is for me, I I think of speech again, going down that road of, you know, maybe you're not saying cuss words, but you're saying kind of like borderline words that aren't, you know, maybe you you shouldn't probably be saying, and then that can cause maybe another brother or sister in Christ to stumble and to, you know, especially somebody who maybe struggles with, with using bad language to, to go down that route. And, so yeah, I think it's just very important to be aware of how we're conducting ourselves and really at the end of the day, continuing to live our lives as examples of Christ in living for the purpose that he created us for, which is to glorify his name and to build others up. Yeah. And by the way, I want to add here real quick, um, just as a preface to this whole conversation today and just what you were talking about there. Um, it's a, it is a requirement of us to submit to God every day in order to even care about these things and in order to desire to conduct ourselves in the, in the right way. Because I will tell you right now, firsthand, I just, I just had something today. I was kind of telling Peter about this briefly, but I had a, a situation at my job and I'm not going to go into detail. I'm not going to say any names, but, um, there was an individual who chose to be a little bit underhanded toward me. And I didn't really have anything to do about it. I didn't really have any say in the situation, but it was done when I was not there. And today I remember I was faced with a choice. And I think this is a good, you know, image for us to have in our minds. And I do not want any credit for this. I'm not saying this for any credit. I'm just giving an, an a real life example of conduct and what it takes to choose Christ in the world. And when it's not easy, because I was very angry at this situation, right? And naturally, if somebody does you wrong, you're going to feel upset about it. But in that moment, when somebody for no reason has done, has done something wrong to you, that's when you have to choose to ignore your emotions and to choose Christ and how you're going to conduct yourself. Because regardless of their reaction, it's going to speak of your character, how you respond. 
And in that moment, I could have given into my emotions and said, you know what? I don't care about Jesus right now. I'm going to do what I feel like doing and go off on this person or call them out or whatever, put them on blast. But, and I want zero credit for this. This is strictly an example, but choosing Christ requires us to ignore our human feelings and ignore what we want to do. And, and what I'm saying to, to, to excuse me, can't talk <laughs> <laughs> to tie that all in is in order to even care about that, we have to be daily submitting to God. The further you go from God, the further and the less you're going to care about the way you conduct yourself. So, and by the way, I have a long, a long way to go personally too. I'm still growing and working myself about submitting daily, but uh, that's just a one small example. It's something I was thinking of fresh in my mind. We talked about it prior to the podcast, but um, I'm not sure if you've had any experiences, Peter, recently where you've had to choose, you know, to ignore your emotions. I mean, I guess you can. I mean, there's a couple things that we've discussed where you have to do that. But mm-hmm. anything on the top of your head in that in that uh, arena? I would say just maybe the, the parents getting on you for not covering certain <laughs> stories. That that's that's one example is expectations that are there that are simply being one one person with with one other person helping me out that are sometimes hard to reach those expectations so having patience with that and just being i guess kind-hearted and and still being like you know I'm going to I'm going to do the best that I can um and something that I was thinking about too is I feel like it's an area that sometimes I fall into is kind of being on the other side of the situation that you were talking about and sometimes it's maybe having like a, a tone with somebody that comes off as as rude or or inconsiderate when the intention wasn't there to be to be seen that way and honestly that's something that I feel like I fall into sometimes um especially over text I'll say it's sometimes harder to convey your emotions when you're texting somebody but I know at times and and maybe not as much recently but definitely over over the years I've had to just be more aware at how, again, how I'm conducting myself and how I'm, I guess, addressing people when I'm, when I'm talking to them, because it can sometimes be seen as, you know, going, going the wrong way or coming off as, as rude or or aggressive or inconsiderate. And so I would say, yeah, the one example being on one side of it is having that patience and just, not not getting all tied up when when somebody makes makes a comment like that about not covering something yeah. um, but at the same time being aware of how responses to either something like that or something different can can be seen as just rude and even even offensive so i yeah. think it's it's so important again tying it back to the, i think what'll be the main topic of this video is being aware of how you conduct yourself Definitely. And, uh, you know, choosing that is oftentimes hard because I know for me personally, there's been, I've had experiences in my life that have kind of caused me sometimes, maybe when I was younger, like 18, 19, 20 to just have less patience with people. Um, because you know, certain experiences with people that have been close to me and, um, have kind of turned me off to, any sort of like attitude or criticism. Like I, I remember when I was younger, I would just have like no patience. If I did, if I detected an attitude with somebody, I would just like completely shut down. Like I, I don't care. Like I, I'm not going to have a conversation with you. 
Like you can fix your attitude and come back. But that's not the way Jesus would respond. And um, I've been convicted about that when I was old, as I've gotten older and, and, you know, in your shoes there. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, even if you don't not mean it, because sometimes you can mean it and just to be short with people because of their attitude or how they're coming at you. But if we address and treat others based on how they re- treat us all the time, uh, we wouldn't treat it, people that well in general, because generally speaking, human beings can be kind of facetious sometimes. So, um, yeah, all that to say, I agree with what you said. I, I think um, we have to be aware of our conduct, but we have to also be also be submitted to Christ daily to even care about that, because we can quickly fall away from Christ, as we've talked about before, uh, the the searing of our conscience almost, but not fully. You know, if one sin creeps in, it's a lot easier to justify another rather than keeping a short account with God and staying on, on track with him. So um, unless you want to add anything else, we can just go ahead and read First Corinthians. Yeah, I'm ready to ready to dive in the scripture. Cool. You want to read that one? Yeah. So this was from from my recent Bible reading. I've made my way into First Corinthians now. And this was, I think, just for actually from a couple of days ago. But. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 8. I'll be actually the full chapter is just 13 verses. So I'm going to pick up here in verse 1. Now, about food sacrificed to idols, we know that we all possess knowledge, but knowledge puffs up while love builds up. Those who think they know something do not yet know as they ought to know, but whoever loves God is known by God. So then, about eating food sacrificed to idols, we know that an idol is nothing at all in the world, and that there is no god but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many, quotes gods, and many, quote, lords, yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things came and for whom we live. And there is but one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things came and through, through whom we live." But not everyone possesses this knowledge. Some people are still so accustomed to idols that when they eat sacrificial food, they think of it as having been sacrificed to a god. And since their conscience is weak, it is defiled. But food does not bring us near to God. We are no worse if we do not eat and no better if we do. Be careful, however, but the exor- be careful, however that the exercise of your rights does not become a stumbling block to the weak. For if someone with a weak conscience sees you, with all your knowledge, eating in an idol's temple, won't that person be emboldened to eat what is sacrificed to idols? So this weak brother or sister, for whom Christ died, is destroyed by your knowledge. When you sin against them in this way, and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if what I eat causes my brother or sister to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again, so that I will not cause them to to fall. There's a lot in there. Um, I don't know if you want to pick out something from the middle or if you just want to start from the beginning, but I have, I have a couple of thoughts and what's freshest on my mind is that the end of, or I guess really verse one, especially the second half of that. But if you had something else that stood out, we can go into that first. Uh, you can go ahead and start with verse one because I had something near the end there. Okay, perfect. So I, I guess, what do you think of the phrase but knowledge puffs up while love builds up. Well, there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom, as we've spoken about before on the podcast. Knowledge is having the knowledge. Knowledge is being smart and knowing everything, knowing the laws like the Pharisees, right? Mm -hmm. 
So that puffs you up. I think people can take knowledge and think that they're smarter than everybody else. And even Christians sometimes, we spoke about this in my life group not too long ago, but like it's easy to um, slip into the thinking to think that you're wise. That, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm really wise. Wow. Like I, I read the word of God and I have this, all this wisdom and to get puffed up. But love builds up because love requires you when you don't feel like it to choose love and to act it out. And we know that biblical love, Christ-like love is sacrificial love. Uh, we have to sacrifice our, our pride, which is the antithesis of knowledge puffing one up. So that's what it says to me. I'm not sure if you had another uh, interpretation of that, but no, I, I definitely agree. I think it's just an important point to emphasize because and I feel like myself included sometimes in this is it's easy to get caught up in what we know and just trying to build up as much knowledge as we can and kind of becoming maybe heartless is a strong word, but like not having compassion and love for others. Like mm. we get so caught up sometimes in trying to just am- amass as much knowledge as we can for our own mind and for our own self-improvement, you know, looking at things like self-improvement books and that sort of thing where yeah. we forget about how important loving other people is and obviously yeah. loving God first of all. But I think that, that that's why this verse stood out to me. And I think it's such, but knowledge puffs up while love builds up. That is something that I think all of us at times need to remind ourselves about and address because again, it is so easy to get caught up into just worrying about what you know and how smart you may or may not be and improving your own knowledge versus actually having love to build other people up. Yeah. And if you're like, you're saying about the self-improvement stuff, you know, if you're always worried about improving yourself and you're focused on yourself, you're not loving others. Mm -hmm. Like the, the loving yourself can become idolatry. And, uh, if you are doing that in an excess, it's not godly love because you are focusing on yourself way too much. You're not the center of the universe. You are not the most important part of the story here on earth. Yes, we all play a factor, but um, your focus should not be inward as to what can I do? What can I become all the time? There needs to be a balance. And if we are to love, you know, as Christ loved, we love sacrificially. But kind of moving on to what I was going to point out here, um, mm-hmm. So 1 Corinthians 8, verse, let's see, 11, start there. So this weak brother or sister for whom Christ died is destroyed by your knowledge. When you sin against them in this way you and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if what I eat causes my brother or sister to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again so that I will not cause them to fall. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Going, even going back to verse 9. Be careful, however, that the exercise of your rights does not become a stumbling block, block to the weak. For if someone with a weak conscience sees you with all your knowledge eating in an idol's temple, won't that person be emboldened to eat what is sacrificed to idols? What do you think about weak conscience? What do you think that means? Like just interpreting it for what it says, the words I would say weak conscience is somebody who maybe doesn't know what they stand for, or what they believe in. And because of that, they don't really have a knowledge of right and wrong or an understanding of right and wrong. And because of that, it, it's, I always hesitate to just use, like it, it kind of self defines itself. I, I hesitate to use that because that doesn't always 
answer the question, but I, I think that is just a, a truth is that some people, whether it's because of their upbringing or just the way that they've been designed, have, as it says here, a weaker conscience. And so it's, it's very important to be knowledgeable or I guess understanding and wise about being able to know how to, how to act around those people. And what it's saying here is to just make sure that you don't cause them to stumble. Mm. Um, when you sin against them in this way and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if what I eat causes my brother or sister to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again so that I will not cause them to fall. So I would say it comes down sometimes to sacrificing things that maybe you're used to doing. Like in this case, eating, eating meat, for example, if something like that causes a brother or sister to fall into sin and kind of going, going back to the beginning of this episode, what we talked Mm -hmm. about, it's, you know, using certain types of language. Again, maybe if you're not even saying, you know, those, you know, four letter curse words, but if you're just kind of using language, language that, you know, you can talk like that. It's not going to cause you to stumble down that road, but it might for somebody else. And so I think my takeaway is just having that understanding that what might not cause you to stumble could easily cause somebody else to stumble. And so just avoiding those sort of actions or comments around, around people like that, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I, I'm kind of blanking on my thoughts right now as like of an example of that, but I know I have a striking thought in my mind about like a situation or like a common thing that I've seen and witnessed in my life where somebody like has the attitude of, Oh, well, if that causes you to struggle, that's not my problem. You know, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing and I can't pinpoint what it is, but I know there's a common example of this and maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's music, maybe it's movies. I don't know, but, um, I would say I those are two good examples. Yeah. It might yeah. not be what you were thinking of, but because something like that, I mean, watch listening to a certain type of music or, or watching a certain type of mo- movie, two examples for me that come to mind again is the language. And I feel like that's again, going to be one of the topics that we talk about more later with, with, you know, controlling the tongue and what words you say. But another one I would say is kind of the, the sexual urges and sexual sins. When hmm. you, when you watch a movie that may be, kind of hints at that sort of thing for some people that's not an issue like you know some people can watch that sort of thing and they don't get tempted by it others watch that sort of thing and they get tempted either to use bad language or to to have sexual immorality so those are two examples that that come to mind for me and i don't know if you have another one or if you have something to add to to either of those well i mean something on my mind regarding what you just mentioned the specific, the sexual temptation and sin, uh, like if you're watching a movie or something, and this is not in specific relation to sexual sin necessarily, but something Peter and I were talking about was just in general, the concept of like any sin that any sin that tends to creep in will thrive in darkness, whether that's deception, whether it's lust, whether it's, uh, pride, envy, any of these things you keep inside can fester and grow. It's like a weed. And it's mm-hmm. something that my, uh, fiance's grandfather was talking about at our memorial day weekend this weekend it was a lot of fun but he was talking about like anything you hold inside will grow and come this you know, become something much bigger than it should be if you don't get it out and speak against it and pray about it 
And especially with sexual sin, like that's something that you have to take hold of instantly. The longer you let that go, um, even if it's not conscious at first, like, you know, I know from experience in my mind, like anytime that that temptation or lust has crept in, it's the, any time that it has actually, you know, became more of a temptation was because I did not acknowledge it right when it came in and say, no, that we're not going there. Like mm-hmm. sometimes you can kind of let it, we get thoughts in our mind. We're like, Oh, where'd that come from? But you're not necessarily instant to, to attack or come against that. It's because sometimes I don't know, we could just be tired or something, or we could just be doing something else. And we don't realize, no, I actually do need to be pretty vigilant about taking every thought captive and speaking against that and and prayer and the Holy spirit. So kind of a side bit there. Um, but yeah, I mean, we can't have that attitude because you know, whether it's music, like let's say you're in the car and you know, you can listen to a certain type of music that you think is fine. And maybe it's not necessarily sinful. Maybe it's in the gray area, but if it causes your friend to you know, recall a, a really bad experience or, um, trigger some sort of feeling in him or her, you as a Christian, as it says here, should be willing and, and loving enough to, right here, if, if what I eat causes my brother or sister to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again hmm. so that I will not cause them to fall. That's how serious it is. Like I will never do it ever again. And uh, that's how serious sin is. Like, I don't know if we, if we ever like sit back and kind of just meditate on the, on the reality of how grave sin is. It's something I feel like you and I have done on the podcast um, sometimes is like these bigger ideas that are, are kind of usually swept under the rug. And we don't, people don't usually just take time and sit to think about it and realize how significant it is. But like the graveness of sin is very significant. Um, it can destroy us. It can destroy friendships. It can destroy relationships. It can destroy families. Sin. This is what creeps in. And if you are not so diligent and so aggressive to attack sin, including if it makes somebody else stumble, very quickly something can grow into something that it never should have because you were not as vigilant about attacking those things. So that kind of, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but like that to me opens up a whole new thing about just being so aware of everything in our lives. Um, I was telling you the story before the podcast about the show with, that Sarah and I were watching, but uh, I can get in that in a second here, but I don't know if you have any thoughts on just everything I was saying there. Yeah, I had a, a couple. First one is, and we've talked about this off the podcast as well, but just the importance of talking through struggles with somebody else, mm-hmm. whether it's a family member who you can trust and who ideally is close to God as well. I would say that's almost the necessary really is to have somebody that's close to God. And obviously not ever, not all of us are, are blessed with having family members that are close to God. I know I'm sure some people listening maybe have, have family, you know, they're kind of an outlier in their family, but there are always people, especially if you're involved in, in a church, especially, and that's something I would encourage everybody. If you're not involved in a church to get involved in, even if it just starts going you know, a couple of times, even in a month on Sunday and then go from there and continue to go more and more often and then get involved. But that's another point for maybe another episode or something. But the, the importance stood out to me when you were talking about the importance of talking through issues 
that mm-hmm. you're having, whether it's it's a sin issue, a temptation that you're facing, or even just kind of daily struggles in life, because we all face challenges in our lives. Life isn't perfect. And I know Joseph and I both have just benefited immensely from being able to talk through the challenges and struggles that we face with each other. Um, yeah. And I know, you know, for, for Joseph, it's for Joe, it's it's Sarah as well. And, and even other family members. Um, and for me as well, I have people close to me that I can can talk about those things with as well. But that's something that stood out from what you're talking about earlier, the importance of having that. And then the second thing is that self-sacrifice that you have to have sometimes. Like if you're I mean, like the example here, I think is a really good one. Like if you're really used to having meat as a part of your diet but that's something that causes somebody else to sin. Like you can have meat and you're not going to think about how it glorifies, it glorifies uh, in quotes, God or an idol. And, you know, again, it's not something that you're going to stumble into, but you know that it's something that somebody else will stumble into. It's a perfect example. Sometimes we have to do tough things and give up things that make us comfortable and that we know we can handle for those Mm -hmm. maybe who can't, because there, there are some areas, you know, both Joe and I, have have sins or issues that we struggle with that are maybe heightened by things that seem minimal to others but to us we see as more more grave potentially and so you know we're not we're not here saying that we're without a weak conscience because i feel like all of us have an area in our conscience that is a little bit weaker yeah like all of us we have something we talked about before the podcast as well was the armor of god how the devil preys on the weakest part of that armor he looks for the the opening in the armor to to you know shoot a a fiery arrow through and so just that that importance of self-sacrifice because you never know when somebody else is going to going to need to do that for you is just so important yeah and it's really incredible too sometimes how the enemy can craft his attacks against you because Mm -hmm. You know, the thing I was sharing with you before the podcast, and I'm not going to say it on the podcast because mm-hmm. it's not relevant to share super personal stuff, right. but like there were experiences in my life when I was growing up as a kid that have kind of softened me to be a little bit more vulnerable to that type of fear. And like, that's what Satan will do. Like mm-hmm. he will use life experiences and like, like you were saying, like traumatic things. And I don't want to make a big deal and say I have all this trauma, but like, you know, any, anything painful or hurtful or sinful will, there there are ramifications for that. And, uh, he will use those things against you. And I just want to read a scripture here really quickly. Um, I, cause I was just reading through a couple of really good ones. I was looking for a specific one that you mentioned just saying something out loud mm-hmm. and you've mentioned it several times in just in our personal conversations about how that can just be relieving to just get it out. Mm-hmm. Um, because the, what Satan wants to do is he wants to, to convince you that you should sit on it and not say anything about it because of appearing weak or whatever the case is. Um, when he wants you to be alone and isolated too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and to be shameful about something or whatever. Yep. But uh, just a really good scripture is James 4, 7. And this is what we're saying about submitting. Submit yourselves to God, then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. And, and you know, there is freedom in Christ. There's so much freedom. Um, and if we are submitting ourselves to him, we the, the devil will flee from us. We have power. We have the truth. We have light. We have um, holiness and righteousness on our side. We have the Holy Spirit fighting with us. You know, and we can call on his name anytime. And something even right now I'm thinking of as far as our conduct and, and also 
just areas of struggle and sin that, that people might find themselves in, including ourselves, you know, it sometimes is up to us. Like what are we not doing in our lives that could be potentially causing weak spots? You know, taking on the armor of God is not just saying it out loud. It, it is about putting the work in, you mm-hmm. know, putting in the work, reading, putting in the work, even investing in, in other things like, you know, building up your spirit, you know, through what you're consuming. Are you consuming anything outside of your Sunday church service? Um, are you speaking about God every day? Are you really living it out? Because I find personally that the more you talk about God, the more you're doing for God, the less easy it is for the enemy to creep in. Like when I'm really living it out and I'm feeling like, man, I'm on fire for God right now. I will literally laugh sometimes. Like if a fearful thought comes in or or just anything negative, I just like, like good attempt. That's not going to affect my day. Like good, you know, good try. But, uh, if we're on fire for God, I think just as it is with life and with momentum, you know, the more momentum you have, uh, the easier it is to get things done. The easier it is to, to move forward. The more momentum we have in Christ, the less the devil can touch us. That's what it's saying right here. If we submit ourselves to God, he will flee from us. So, Get that momentum up. Get it up. Yes, sir. <laughs> Daily. <laughs> it's one of the great, I don't know if irony is the right word, but it's, it's, or I guess maybe it's a paradox, would it be? Where it's like to, to achieve true freedom, we need to submit ourselves to God. I just, yeah. I, I kind of, I love that sort of thing being, you know, both of us like to both talk and write. So we, I, I'm sure, you know, those, those sort of paradoxes and writing sort of remarks are, are something yeah. that, that I enjoy a lot. But I do also, I want to quickly read about the armor of God. And this is something that is just such a powerful passage that I'm sure we'll, we'll devote an episode to it really by itself. But for those, because we've mentioned it in a lot of episodes, but I don't think yet in the podcast we've gone through and actually read what the armor of God is. And when you said, like, not just saying the armor of God, but actually applying the principles, I want to read that as either a reminder for those who are familiar or as an introduction for those who have not heard yet about the armor of God. So this is Ephesians chapter six, starting in verse 10 for everyone who wants to either pull it up now as I'm reading it or or go, go and read it themselves later. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Mm. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand Mm. firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can est- extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's per- people. Pray also for me, this is Paul writing to the uh, church in Ephesus, that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. Verse 19 there is a pretty good verse for our mission here at True North Talk, I think. Yeah. Um, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Yeah, and just, yeah, and just know too, 
you know, I was telling Peter before the podcast, like if you speak up for the Lord, you will be attacked. Hmm. Even if it's not, you don't have to have a podcast called true North talk to be, to be speaking up for the Lord. You know, yep. even if you're having a conversation at work, a single conversation with somebody, you will be attacked by the enemy. Like yep. there's a simple, a very simple example. This is imposter syndrome that people have like, because I sin because I'm not perfect. How can I possibly try to spread the gospel in my life? You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> There's a million ways that he can attack us, but I love just the imagery with the, with the armor of God, you know, mm-hmm. the, be, the, the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Like you can't have the belt of truth unless you know the truth. Yep. Unless you're what's in that? the truth, I would say daily too. Yeah. What's, what's that scripture? My people perish for a lack of knowledge, right? I'm not familiar with that one. You'll, you'll probably say it and I will be, but it's not yeah. on the top of my head. Hosea 4, 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I will also reject you from being priest for me because you have forgotten the law of your God. I will also forget your children. Wow. Pretty, uh, pretty powerful there. But yeah. um, not having the knowledge, not having the truth will be detrimental to us. We won't have the, be- the belt of truth. What is the, breast- the breastplate of righteousness? How do we take that on in your opinion, Peter? By living righteously and to, to simplify that because... I know righteousness is is kind of a, a big word, and maybe maybe it's even a word that even as Christians we kind of throw around and don't fully understand what it means. But it is living like Christ and living the right way, which again is living like Christ by being something that I, I kind of like as a phrase, and it's not necessarily biblical, but striving for perfection even though it's a goal that we, we we know we can't reach yeah but but striving for perfection and not for our own glory or our own feeling of like oh i'm i'm perfect but to honor god yeah because god knows that we're not going to be perfect either but if we're striving to be perfect then he'll smile on us and and he'll he'll i believe bless us when when we strive for that and again righteousness is it is it is kind of in the beginning of the word. It's it's doing what is right in the eyes of God and and living a life in that in that path. Yeah, James reminds me of James 5:16. Uh just walking uprightly and it's kind of what we were talking about earlier um about the power of of confessing sin and just speaking things out and getting them off out of your conscience and out of your, out of your spirit. Uh, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Amen. You know, we have power with our prayer when we are walking righteously, not to say that you, that your prayer is not powerful or effective if you're not, you know, to be redeemed from God. But yeah, it's just our prayer has power. Um, and also when we walk uprightly, there isn't that dissonance between what we know we should be doing and what we are doing. Like if you go to witness to others, if you're walking righteously, you're confident in who you are and you're confident in your identity in Christ because you're living it out Mm -hmm. and you know it, you know, and man, I just, I'm really getting this recurring theme here of, I think what we need to be pushing with this episode, the theme here is like casting light on sin, cast, cast light on it. You know, um, it dies in the light and it thrives in darkness and really will that will determine our conduct is if we if we are continually casting light on our sin if we are confessing it to others as hard as it may be you know there's been un- uncomfortable things that with peter and 
you know, being my best friend and, you know, confiding in some things, it's sometimes uncomfortable to talk about sin, you know, uh, it's very daunting sometimes to say some things, but getting past that and confessing sin is so powerful because it frees your soul. It frees your spirit to, to focus on God and really to focus on your life and what you have to do in your life, um, to move forward as a Christian. So I just think it's so, and so incredibly important, um, to be casting light on our sin and the beautiful imagery there of the armor of God is something very special. It's, it's one of my favorite sections of scripture, yep. but did you have anything else you want to say, Peter, before we read uh, Matthew 15? I don't think so. I think you summarized it all pretty, pretty perfectly. And yeah, I think again, it all kind of ties back to our conduct and that, you know, we can say all these things, but we need to make sure that we continue to live it out yeah. so that, we don't cause anyone around us to stumble because, you know, we can build ourselves up, but really, I mean, is it worth it if we're not building up Christ's kingdom and sharing his, his love and power with others? I would say it's not. So Mm -mm. just the importance of, again, conducting yourself with all that we've talked about so far and what we'll continue to talk about here in in this last stretch. Yeah. And uh, our conduct is, excuse me, influenced by, what is in our heart Mm -hmm. and how do we know what's in our heart? Well, here in Matthew 15, what we're going to read, uh, I'll just go ahead and read it, but it has to do with the dealing of the heart and the mouth and and our tongue. So, uh, start in Matthew 15 verse eight. Uh, and just some context here, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and teachers of the law, um, here. So he says, I'm just going to start with verse three, actually. Uh, Jesus replied, why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, honor your father and mother and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares what, that what might've been used to help their father or mother is devoted to God, they are not to honor their father or mother with it. Thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. Jesus called the crowd to him and said, listen and understand what goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. Then the disciples came to him and asked, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? He replied, every plant that my heavenly heavenly father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They are not blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. Peter said, explain the parable to us. Are you still so dull? (laughs) (laughs) As Peter, that one's one's kind of funny to me. (laughs) Jesus asked them, don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. These are what defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. So I think the first part here that I want to focus on is verse eight and nine. I think I, I even can see this in in churches nowadays is people that honor God with their lips and, but their hearts are far from him. And even the worshiping in vain part, like lethargic worship, lethargic being in church. I mean the, the lethargic nature of, of one spirit sometimes that I see in church I mean, it makes you think back to this here, right, right here, when it says their teachings are merely human rules. There's not really much spirit in them. 
the Holy Spirit is not present. I'm not sure if you've noticed that in church, but I have for sure. Yeah. Or, or even, I feel like what I've noticed is maybe at times a sense of like false joy or praise, false, false worship, where even if maybe there is a lot of energy, it just seems kind of forced or fake. Um, I've definitely seen that in church over the years. I feel like right now I'm at a church that I feel a connection with God when I go in there every Sunday and I just, I feel that the spirit is there. Um, but I know at, at times I've definitely just felt either, yeah, A, it's, you know, you don't feel any life when you walk into that building or B, it just seems like a, it's just a show being put on. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I literally in my Bible here have verses eight and nine highlighted. And I, I think I probably highlighted those like a few years ago because it's something that I've noticed, like you said, in the church of these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. I mean, to take it down like a, a social media route, how many people do you see with like a, a scripture in their in their bio and then they don't live that out? And let's you read know? here. Yeah, let's let's read here. Uh, what comes from the heart from some people, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, mm-hmm. theft, false testimony, and slander. Right. And we know from what Jesus said that murder isn't necessarily Killing. actual murder, but it's hate. Yeah. And so, I mean, for out of their heart come evil thoughts. How many people do you hear using their mouth to spew hate about people? Yeah. Or on the same vein, adultery. How many people do you hear spouting out how, oh, I'd love to to have sex with with this with this girl or... Um, slander. How many times do you hear people gossiping about somebody else? And, and I do want to say that obviously Joseph and I are not here saying that we've never fallen into that. Yeah. But what we and again we're not perfect about addressing it either. But what we what we try to do is making sure that if that does happen, that we cut it off right there. And yeah. as Christians, that's what we need to do because again, we will mess up. That's not something, again, though, to be used as an excuse and where you just kind of live your life flippantly and just being like, oh, well, God already forgives me, so it doesn't matter how I live. We've talked about that before and how that's not how we're supposed to live. But when we do have these evil thoughts, we need to stop. And like you said, the gravity of sin, stop and realize just how harmful it is to have those, those words come out of our mouths and how that is a reflection of what's in our heart. And so I think whenever that does come out of our mouths, any words of, of hate or lust or false testimony or, or slander or gossiping, we need to stop for a good, good, good long pause. You know, maybe it's even a, a, a day worth of like really thoughtfully coming to God. You know, obviously it's tough to spend an entire day coming to God, but I, th- I think, you know, J- Joe may, probably knows what I mean. Just kind of spending a day where you maybe throughout the day when you have the time address something like god this wasn't what this wasn't who you want me to be and i know mm-hmm. this isn't this isn't who you are in my heart that's not that's not who you are god so please give me the conviction that i need and i feel like that is the first step of having conviction by even just coming to god in the first place but lord give me a spirit of repentance thank you for your forgiveness but help me to to strive to, to be better in that area and to not fall into that again. Yeah. And even the way we speak about something when we do it, like, cause I don't know, especially like, I think a, a big challenge for human beings in general is gossip. 
like in slander because one of the easiest things to, in the world is to do is when somebody's beaten up on somebody else especially when it's when it's you feel like it's somewhat warranted you know yep. when somebody has done you wrong or it's just a, a person that most people would agree is kind of a bad person like they they just do wrong things it's so easy to join in and like yeah yeah blah blah, blah mm-hmm. and and go along with the slander and gossip but uh, it's just so bad and like you know, sometimes you slip into it just a little bit. Like I, I have slipped into that a tiny bit and I'm not saying actively, but like at times, you know, and it's so, you just feel it. You feel like, no, that's not how I should be conducting myself. And I, I know like a challenge for some Christians is something I've struggled with in the past was especially growing up around baseball and, and the, you know, the baseball guys and just that whole crowd, you know, dirty there was vulgar talk in the dugout mm-hmm. all the time, you yeah. know? And if I remember when I was at my public school, I went to, um, because I did not curse. I was kind of on the outside at, at times. Like I was viewed as like weird because I didn't curse. And that, that actually bothered me back then. I was like, man, like, why do I feel bad about not cursing? But those are things that the world will make you feel for not doing. But as Christians, we should be so proud of, of walking, in Christ and, and confident in who we are in Christ, even when the, the scenario does not permit it or welcome that. Because I know in my life, and you can tell me for you as well, but for me, the more I've gotten in the, you know, involved in my church and my friends, my circle is more, uh, you know, believers and men of God. Uh, it's completely flipped now. If I were to curse around them, I would be chastised and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. And, that is just a major shift that comes when we structure our lives around God is our conduct, our speech, uh, what we take in. Because if you're with, you know, a group of guys that truly loves the Lord and you're listening to hardcore rap music, they should be challenging you. They should chastise you. And like I said, rightfully so, because that's not how Christians conduct themselves. And that's not good for your soul. That is destructive to your soul, but it's so, it's almost hard to see that, you know, if you're not surrounding yourself with the right people and, and, and spirits. So I'm not sure if you have anything to say on that, but I know for me, that's a huge thing with conduct is we talk about it a lot, but it's just so true is is who are you around and how are they conducting themselves? Because that can tend to rub off on you if you're not careful. Yeah, honestly, I, I don't have too much more to add to that. I would just say for those who are, are younger than Joseph and I, um, and really for anybody, because you, you can, even if you're older, you can, you can still change your circle, but especially if you're, if you're listening to this and you're in high school or maybe even more importantly, if you're in college, if you're around people who make you think and question, like even just pause for a second and you're like, why am I doing this? Why, why am I around these people? That's probably a good sign that you should change who you hang around with. Yeah. Um, and it, it also shows that you are probably in a, in a good place with God as well. If you have that hesitation of this isn't, this isn't who God wants me to be. This yeah. isn't who, who I'm designed to be. And, and there's so, nothing yeah. wrong with it. Yeah. You know, that's the thing too. It's, it, it can prevent you from doing that sometimes. I remember there was a couple of relationships in my life that I had to step away from. And it's not like you, you just tell them, you know, oh, you know, I hate you. I want nothing to do with you, but you do it in a loving way and you just have some distance and you create kind of a barrier because spiritually you need it and there's nothing wrong with it. 
it is up to us to decide what are we going to allow into our spirits. Do we want people who are not constantly negatively talking? Do we want people who are constantly speaking vulgar language? No, we don't. We do not because that can rub off on you. And also, it's just not good for our spirit to consume that. It's just negativity. It's evil. And that, you know, going back to the Matthew scripture here, section, um, you know, the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart. It's obvious. If Don't deceive yourself. If, if one of your friends or people you like in your life is speaking a certain way, they're always complaining or slandering or talking just evil language, that is an indication of their heart posture. And that is a problem. You know, and that should be an area where you can witness to them even by stepping away. That's the thing, too, is like, you know, we've talked about that before, too, Peter, like you stepping away and creating distance alone can create, you know, a ripple effect in them. Like, hold on a second. What am I doing here? Mm-hmm. Because people like that, will, you know, know and respect your character enough to see if this person, I know he has a good heart, I know he's genuine, if they are stepping away there, that probably can indicate an issue within myself. So being vigilant, knowing when to cut certain things off, stepping away, surrounding yourself with the right people are just a couple things that, that are important. Um, but circling it all back around, bringing it all home, uh, it's so important to be aware of our conduct, being aware of what we do that might cause others to sin possibly. But also I think that that demands of us to be extra sensitive to even ourselves and ask ourselves like if some, just because something is not necessarily obviously sinful, should we really be doing it? Hmm. You know, and a big one for that is music that we've talked about. It's like, should I be listening to this? Even though it's technically, uh, I can I guess I can. Is it really good for you? Like memorizing those words. Hmm. Um, something my fiance and I were talking about this week too was like, you memorize the words, they sink into your heart and you know all the words to like Drake songs and Lil Wayne, but you cannot quote many scriptures. Hmm. And this is what is embedded into our souls. It's powerful. It really is powerful. So, uh, that's kind of how I want to wrap it all up unless you have anything else to add and we can possibly pray and wrap it up, wrap it up here. Yeah. Just real quickly. I I did want to say, we also, while we want to be smart and aware of who we're around and you want your closest circle to be believers, it is important not to put yourself into a Christian bubble where you're only around believers and you don't have any chances to witness. Yeah. And again, it's, it's, I would say about coming to God and being like, God, show me the way that I can be around these people who maybe live this lifestyle without falling into that lifestyle into those sin myself. So I would say one, one of the best ways to go about that is being aware of, of where being aware of where you are when you're with those people. If you're in a place where that sin is so easily accessible, like I mean, easy one for people our age and even, even a little bit younger is like a bar or kind of the, the college party night scene. Um, or, I mean, I feel like that's the one that stands out. There are other examples as well, but that's the one I'm thinking of right now mm-hmm. versus if you're just kind of in like a class setting with them and maybe you hang out with them a little bit like outside of class, but it's not in those, I would say, danger areas, then that's, I would say, the best way to go about it. Because if you're putting yourself into a Christian bubble, it, it's easy to kind of turn yourself off from the world and see yourself as like 
better better yeah exactly yeah. better than better than than non-believers so that would just be my one caution to to what you were talking about earlier but yeah i mean i can't stress enough the importance of surrounding yourself with a close circle of fellow believers who have the same just vision that you do well to draw a quick uh line here in the sand of what should be expected out of non-believers even if they're your buddies is you should never ask for advice from a non-believer you should never really should should not confide in them about personal details too much um i think there's even scripture about never getting advice from bad counsel mm-hmm. non-believers but yeah i mean it's not to say you can't be around non-believers but be wise about who you're consistently around because they will rub mm-hmm. off on you whether you like it or not and Definitely. that goes for other areas as well like what you're consuming but um yeah I think that's about it. I th- I'm ready to, to wrap it up and, and pray here. So did you want to start us off in prayer or do you want me to go ahead and take the prayer? I can, I can start us off and then if you want to wrap it up. Sure, sure. Yeah. God, I just want to thank you for another opportunity to come together and dive into your word and to see what you have for us to, to soak up today. Uh, I pray that you would help all of us, everybody listening, to be aware of the conduct that we display, the way that we live out our lives, and to just be constantly aware of what is coming out of our mouth, and, and really in the same token, the thoughts that we have as well, because what comes out of our mouth and the thoughts that we have in our head constantly are, are a reflection of our heart. And mm-hmm. if those are sinful, Lord, that, that goes against what you want our heart to be and what our heart should be when you enter our lives, God. And so I pray that you would just help help all of us to constantly be in communication with you, Lord. Um, even if it's yeah. just a quick prayer, you know, a few times a day. It doesn't have to be any sort of, you know, drawn out process or anything, Lord. It's as easy as just coming to you and presenting our requests to you and understanding that, that you're there for us at all times. And so I yeah. thank you for that, Lord. And on another point that we talked about, I pray that you would help us also to be aware of just the the weight of of sin and both how much Jesus Jesus's sacrifice meant and also how going down the the in quotes little sins can lead to lead quickly to to bigger sins and yeah. can cause just major issues and so I pray that 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 would just stick with all of us, Lord, and would be a, a constant reminder and that, that we would also put on the armor of God daily to withstand the attacks of the devil. Yeah. Lord, I pray that uh, this message would reach who it needs to reach, Lord. I, I ask, Lord, that um, we would all be aware of how we what we say, what we do, what we consume, um, how we live our lives, and we would truly, from our heart, desire you every day and to be close to you, Lord. I, I pray that, um, God, our heart posture would be correct. And I pray, God, that we would not be fearful to, to cast light on sin. God, we're all fallen. Even Peter and I, we're just as fallen as our listeners. We're, we're sinful human beings, and I pray we'd all have the boldness to speak out against, speak against and pray against sin. And I pray that nothing would take root of note that's ever important, Lord. Nothing serious would ever take root because we're so vigilant to confront sin and because we understand the gravity of that sin. 
But I just pray that your truth would sink into whoever hears this podcast today, Lord. I pray that um, True North would be blessed in its mission. I pray you'd be with uh, the podcast and allow it to grow and reach who it needs to reach. And we thank you for everything you've given us. We ask you to forgive us of our sins. And we, we just uh, we thank you for this day, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you for listening to episode 48. If you made it this far in the podcast, be sure to like and rate the podcast on Apple and Spotify. Subscribe here if you're new. Give us a follow and share this episode to whoever needs to hear it. That's how we grow mostly is sharing. So feel free to drop a share. We would really appreciate it. And as always, thank you for tuning in all the way. We will see everybody next week. Peace. Peace.